You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies. Can you believe this is the last week of March? This is the last day of March when you're hearing this episode. This is our last full-length episode for March for quarter one. We are just trucking right along here in 2022. And so this month, we've been talking all about women's empowerment, and we are rounding out the month with a really empowering episode. So I cannot wait for you all to hear this. I was so excited for this guest, and the amount of things that she's doing is so incredible. So we're going to get into the episode here after a couple things. I wanted to chat with you all about something that I have coming up now with spring finally being here, finally being here, and with quarter two upon us here tomorrow, we oftentimes have this urge to spring clean, right? In our houses, mostly, but I also like to use this time of year to spring clean my business. And so I am offering a free six-day challenge to help you spring clean your business. I'm going to drop the link for that here in the show notes, and you can sign up for this challenge throughout the month of April. And at the end of the month, we're going to have a giant Zoom party Q&A and just share what we've learned and the progress that we've made in our business. So it's something that you definitely don't want to miss. It's a six-day challenge. You can do it at your own pace whenever you sign up in April. The next six days, you will get the content. And I'm super excited about this because quarter one flew by. Quarter two is probably going to do the same. And it's a really good time of year to concentrate on cleaning up our business and getting ourselves super organized to reach those big goals. So check that out. Link is in the show notes. I am super excited about it. I'm also just really feeling like the first quarter of the year went by so fast, which in a way I love because I'm pregnant and it's hard, but in another way, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant and there's only one quarter left until the baby's here. It's kind of a lot, (laughs) but I feel like, you know, the first quarter always flies by. And so here we are jumping into the second quarter. So many big goals, so many exciting things. So I can't wait to see what we all accomplish in the next few months. Okay, so I'm going to give us a little bump date, my highs and lows, and then we'll jump into this episode. So my bump date for this week is kind of funny. I have a pregnancy app that, you know, normally you have your baby compared to like fruit or a vegetable or something like that. But the app that I have makes it so that you can have your baby size compared to 90s nostalgia, which has been so fun. And for this week at 23 weeks pregnant, my baby is the size of a Furby. 
And we loved Furbies when I was a kid. So when I saw this, I was just cracking up because I'm imagining this little Furby inside my tummy and it's just so cute and so funny. But the strange thing is my husband doesn't know what a Furby is. And I just looked at him like, what? How do you not know what a Furby is? Now we're five years apart. He's five years older than me. Normally, you can't really tell a difference in our age, except for every once in a while when these generational, like nostalgia type things come up and he doesn't know what they are. And I'm like, how do you not know that? So for anybody listening who knows what a Furby is, you can appreciate how funny I thought this was to think that my baby is the size of a Furby. (laughs) All right. So highs and lows for the week. My high for the week was that we snuck away this last weekend for our baby moon. And we went to a beach a couple hours from our house called Westport, which is just a really small like surfer town. And it was incredible. We stayed in this perfect little condo right on the beach. You could see the beach from our window. You could literally walk outside the condo and just go down a short path to get to the beach. And it was exactly what we needed. A little break from everything, a break from work, a break from my daughter, a break from social media. I mean, we just used this getaway to completely recharge, play games. We played a ton of games. We walked on the beach, rain and shine, had some delicious ice cream and fish and chips, and just really enjoyed this little quaint beach town. And it was just exactly what we needed. And I feel so refreshed and ready to jump back into everything and head into quarter two, feeling super relaxed. My low for the week is that my brain is complete mush, even after the vacation. Now, normally a vacation gives you like that little reset in your brain, but pregnancy brain has got my brain extremely mushy. And it could be a mixture of like the pregnancy brain with the pandemic fatigue and all of the stresses in the world, but I cannot retain a single thing. I have to, if I'm taking a training or having an important conversation where I need to remember things, I have to take frantic notes or I will not remember anything within like 30 minutes. It's really, really bad this time. And so I'm kind of struggling with that because I have a lot of big things I'm working on right now and I have to write everything down. I have to document literally everything if I want to remember it. So that's my low for the week. But Mushy brain aside, let's move on to today's episode because we are rounding out the month of women and women's empowerment, and I'm joined for this episode by one of the most empowering women that I've had the opportunity to talk to. She's the founder of Curvy Sheet Closet and the Curvy Closet Foundation, and she comes on to share everything that she's been working on, what inspired her to create this incredible business, this incredible foundation, and we talk all about body positivity, confidence, plus size fashion, the inclusivity in the fashion industry in general, and how to really feel empowered and in love with your body at any size. So this episode is really special because, you know, body positivity and confidence is something that a lot of us struggle with. And she shares some of these incredible things that she's doing to help women not have to struggle with this as much. So we're going to take a quick break here. And then right after that, we can welcome to the show, Becky Jarvis. It's time for this week's Boss Lady Business Spotlight. Meet Tracy Rodriguez. 
For those with pain that won't quit, you do not have to keep living this way. Tracy Rodriguez is a corrective exercise specialist giving women the tools to eliminate chronic pain when no other methods have worked. You can snag a free consultation to find pain relief by DMing her on Instagram at Tracy Rodriguez, or you can visit www.workpainfreeprogram.com to learn more. Hello, Becky, and welcome to the Boss Ladies and Babies podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for inviting me to participate this month. Yes, this month we're talking about women empowerment, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because what better timing than to round out Women's History Month and this conversation of women empowerment than with what we're going to be talking about today because what you do is so empowering. So let's get started and have you introduce yourself and tell the listeners more about what you do, who you are, what makes you a boss lady. Let's get to know you. Absolutely. Hi, my name is Becky Jarvis. I'm based in Beaverton, Oregon, and I am the founder of Curvy Chic Closet. It is North America's largest plus size consignment pop-up event held in the Portland, Oregon metro area twice a year. I started my business in 2011, and then three years ago, I also created a nonprofit called Curvy Chic Closet Foundation, which is to empower and inspire confidence in plus-size teens, women, men, non-binary individuals. And I am also a mom to a 19-year-old who just started college this year. Awesome. Oh my gosh. You have so many amazing things going on. So I'm like, where do we even start? Because you just are doing so much and making such an impact. And I think it's so incredible. So let's Let's start with diving in to Curvy Chic Closet. Now, you had an opportunity that would give plus size women a chance to feel truly beautiful and you couldn't resist. That's kind of what you told me in our back chat, right? That you saw this opportunity. So tell us more about this and how you got started doing this. Oh, yes, absolutely. So in 2011, I used to do some of the kids um, consignment pop-up events. And I guess one day I just thought, well, why isn't there one for plus size women? And I looked and at the time there was a small one in Kansas. They're no longer in existence. We're the only one in the United States. Um, And I just thought, you know, as moms, we buy stuff for our kids all the time, but we forget about ourselves. We forget to treat ourselves and to do self-care. And, you know, as mom, we want more than jeans and tees sometimes, even though that's an easy go-to or black leggings or, and so um, that's basically how I got started with the plus size consignment pop-up event. Um, The plus size industry, 67% of the American women wear a size 14 and up. And it is a $22 billion industry in terms of the plus size fashion industry. And so when the first sale I did, I think we had about 40 consigners. Now we average close to 200 sellers with 20,000 consigned items, clothing sizes, 14 and up shoes, jewelry, and purses. And so it, it's literally grown over the years, but something happened about four or five years ago that kind of changed. We would do a fashion show on Friday night as a way to bring in more shoppers and it was the stories that I started hearing about 
the fashion show. It wasn't just about the fashion. It was about how the models' lives changed in participating. It was about them seeing themselves in, in a different light. It was about the mom of a teenager um, saying that her daughter suffered depression and this really helped. Um, and so that's kind of, and we also empower local small businesses because we typically have anywhere from 15 to 20 um, vendors. And so we're also empowering those women as well. And it became a community event more so because a lot of our shoppers don't just come from the Portland Tri-County area. They come from Seattle, Tacoma, Eastern Oregon, Hermiston, um, Oregon coast, because they can't find gently used plus size clothing. Yeah. Yeah. And to hear that you said 67% of women wear a 14 and up and you are the only place that's doing this in the country. Yes. That is, (laughs) I mean, there is a demand that is needing to be met and how incredible that you're able to meet that and to see these differences that you're making for women by showing up and doing this. Yeah, I mean, we've even had shoppers from Idaho and Northern California come to the event. And it's just, it's it's very empowering because if you have something on that makes you feel good, your confidence level goes way up. I was at the Beaverton post office about a year and a half ago getting our mail and a woman came up to me and said oh you're the Kirby Sheet Closet gal I have to tell you I had a job interview and I didn't have any clothes to wear and I was able to go to your event and pick out some items for the interview and I got the job oh my gosh yeah that's such a good feeling and I I agree with you so much about you know what we're putting on our bodies like we do feel better you know those days where we roll out of bed and change into our jammies into like lounge clothes and we yes. don't feel that great versus the days that we actually get up and put real clothes on our body and we feel good and we we do better because our confidence level is higher and a lot of times for us as moms it's really easy when we have these body changes to just throw on the sweatshirt throw on the sweats throw on the leggings because we don't feel as good about ourselves when really we're just spiraling into a cycle where we continue to feel bad about ourselves by not caring for our bodies and, and getting dressed. Yeah. And I, I mean, I remember the days when my son was younger and he went to business meetings with me. We went to, he knew when the phone rang that it was business. And, you know, we spent time at Papa's Pizza and some of the other play places while I worked. And you do realize it's almost as a business owner, sometimes it can be isolating when you're a mom and a business owner. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. We talk about that a lot around here. (laughs) Definitely. So let's talk a little bit more about the fashion shows. So tell us more about how these work and where you get your inspiration for the fashion shows. And then also I'm curious to know where you find your models. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So when the fashion show first started um, a number of years ago, it was an idea of, oh, we have the space. Let's just invite a designer, but the designer, you need to provide your own models we're only providing the space and the dj and back then i didn't know that that's not how fashion shows are run mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> looking back i could laugh at that at myself um so since that time we now have the largest plus size fashion show on the west coast 
We typically get designers from Oregon and Washington. We have had designers outside of the state in the past. We have worked with national retailers such as Maurice's, Columbia Sportswear, Kroger's. Columbia Sportswear is in fact participating in our spring fashion show again. We, our fashion show is with the models, it's not about your traditional model. It is about everyday individuals modeling down our runway. I want the 13 year old in the audience watching to be able to see one of our teen models and say, if she can do it and look fabulous, I can do that too. And so like for our upcoming fashion show, we have 32 models. They're ages 13 to 70. We've had visually impaired models, hearing impaired models. We've had, we have actually a 15 year old model that plays four sports, amazing individual, wow. and she's in a wheelchair. Oh, wow. We've had models with um, walk with a walker. We've had, and we, um, we have the teens, we have women, we have plus size men in the show as well as not, and as well as non-binary models in the show as well. That's amazing. And just what you said about, you know, people seeing somebody up there modeling where they feel like, oh my gosh, like they look like me, they can do that. I can do that. I feel like that's something that we have such a need for, especially these days with social media. I mean, always, right? Like the magazines and the TV and all of the advertisement, you know, that has been all a certain those models way. have been error Photoshop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then you go to social media now and these kids and even us as adults, you know, we're comparing ourselves to these airbrush pictures and these filters and these, you know, perfect people all the time. And to, so to have something where it's real and you're seeing real people up there and you're able to feel like I could do that too. And, and the amount of confidence that that must give everybody in the audience to just see real people up there modeling and like feeling so good about themselves. That's gotta be an incredible feeling. Yeah. And then we also, you know, we have what's called silver Fox models, which that's, um, individuals 50 and up, you know, at least eight or nine of our models are between the ages of 50 to 70 oh my gosh. and they look amazing. And so when the fashion show happens, I have an amazing production team. So I get to sit in the audience at the end of the runway. And, and when I see my Kirby Chic models come down and get to the end of the runway, the look on their face, I mean, it almost wants to bring tears to my face because you can tell they know I did this. Mm -hmm. I got down the runway. I conquered my nerves I you know it's so empowering to see that happen yeah and just an audience of people like cheering for you and you know you start to get into it. I can just imagine like maybe for some of these people it's the first time where they felt truly confident in front of a large group of people and yeah I, I could see how that would bring tears to your eyes that sounds so beautiful yeah you... and so the fashion show is under our nonprofit Karishi Closet Foundation um, the fashion show is probably our biggest program, but we also do workshops such as um, You're Enough, which we've done teen workshops and adult workshops uh, pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. we, um, we had a studio in Portland and we would have makeup artists that would donate their time. We had photographers that donated their time and they would get uh, photos taken. 
and then we would have a lunch uh, donated by a local company, El Mundo Catering. And then in the afternoon, we'd have workshops. And those workshops were so amazing. We could only take 15. And I know on some of them, we had a waiting list of 30 people. Yeah, wow. And, and so the Year Enough workshops, we did do one that was a little bit modified. It was an art collage workshop where they got to decorate a wooden mirror back in it was January. Yeah. And then we also provide some scholarships to body positive events as well through the foundation. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. See, everything you're doing is so amazing. It's and making such an impact. It's, it's incredible. It really is incredible. I love it. I love what you're doing. And I love hearing about this because, you know, I don't hear about this kind of stuff very often. And to know that you're putting so much of your time and energy and space into creating something like this is just beautiful. So I just had to say that because I feel so proud for you. It's awesome. Thank you. Well, and what's interesting is the adult women carry years and sometimes even decades of remembering that body shame, the bullying, the body shaming by um, family members of, oh, you would be beautiful if only you lost some weight. You have mm -hmm. a beautiful face. Oh yeah. Yeah. I personally have struggled with body confidence and image my whole life. And you know, there I'm, I'm really tall. I'm five foot 11. And so I was always like a lot bigger than all of my friends and, you know, even my sisters. And I, I didn't really have a lot of people who I could compare myself to in the media or in my own life. And it was something that, you know, I still face all the time. Once I became a mom, I actually found a little bit more confidence in my body, surprisingly, but it was something I struggled with my entire, my entire life. I being in middle school, being tall, probably oh, yeah. difficult. We yeah. have a, one of our models teens, she's sick. She just turned 16, but she's like six foot mm -hmm. and plus size. And we've been proud of her because we have a couple interns and she started out as an intern. Now she's an assistant production assistant. And she's a designer for the first time and she'll be showcasing her handcrafted shoes in springtime. And she has come a long way and people don't even realize that she's 16. A lot of people think she's older than 16, mm -hmm. but she was bullied in middle school here locally in Beaverton. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like back when I was coming up, I mean, they're, they weren't even making clothes for tall people. They, you know, if you were tall, like you just had to make it work. Now I feel like at least the resources for people of all different shapes and sizes are a lot better, right? It's, it's slowly changing, but the bullying I feel like is probably a lot worse than it was then. And so I can't even imagine, you know, what these kids are going through, because like I said, even as adults, you know, we go through so much with what we see every single day and what we consume all the time. So that's amazing for her. Yeah, and so we had a couple of our teens at our last Year Enough workshop pre-COVID, and they sat on a panel and they were mentoring other teens in the audience and saying, hey, this is what I've gone through, but I'm not going to take the bullying and the body shaming anymore. I am okay. I'm enough with my body. I, yeah. you know, and so that's our hope is with the individuals to create more body positive individuals to help inspire other people that are struggling. And I know that as women and as moms, yeah, 
a lot of a struggle after you have kids. Yeah. Now was body confidence and positivity for your own body, something that you struggled with when you were younger or that kind of inspired this, or did you just kind of notice that there was a need for other women and you knew you could help? I was skinny when I was a kid, <laughs> then adulthood came and, <laughs> and pregnancy and everything else. And so through my adulthood, I have been plus size. I have hard, I do have a hard time finding clothing that fits. Now I have a mountain of clothing. Yeah, exactly. And, to, and realizing I probably have enough shirts for 365 days out of the year since I get yeah. to. Oh my gosh, my event. Hey, you don't have to do laundry that often then, right? <laughs> and so, um, I believe that through that and realizing, hey, there is discrimination, there is body, there is body shaming. Yes, I've gone to a place where I've been ignored, a traditional brick and mortar store. And, you know, it's kind of hard not to feel like, oh, it's probably because I'm overweight or, you know, it, the, you know, plus size individuals, you know, when you do go shopping, a lot of stores put the plus size clothing in the corner or the back corner back of the store. Yeah. Yeah. Which just makes you feel bad. I like, it just makes you feel worse. You know, it's already not super fun going shopping. And then yeah. if you have to, you know, go out of your way and kind of put yourself in a really uncomfortable situation to find clothing. Yeah. Recently on social media, I saw a woman, she was plus size looking for plus size maternity. Well, plus size maternity, if you do go out and buy motherhood is pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. And I was excited to tell her I had a seller that consigned this time with paying service and had three X plus size maternity jeans from tour that are maternity swimwear, amazing items. Yeah. And that, speaking of maternity, I'm dealing with this right now. I had to buy a few pieces for my wardrobe maternity wise, and they, from what I found, make maternity clothes smaller than what you would normally like than what your normal size would be. And I just think that is so messed up because when you're pregnant, you're already going through so many body changes. And then all of a sudden you're having to buy a size or two sizes bigger. At least I've been getting mine at target and they're maternity line is it the sizing is so so bad it's so bad oh wow I never heard that that's interesting yeah let's talk a little bit about the plus size fashion industry because I think things are getting a little better with marketing and with media and you know so far in our conversation I've kind of been bashing social media but I think a large part of the change is thanks to social media and people showing up and being real and talking about their bodies and sharing their bodies without the filter but I think even still the majority of what we see when we think fashion doesn't really include plus size women do you see a shift in this happening seen a shift in it happening the last couple of years there's still huge improvements to be made with plus size fashion for example you know we had uh model ashley and i can't think of her last name right now but she was on sports illustrated mm. that was huge yeah that's a lot of groundbreakers in the last 10 15 years i feel like because i'm talking about 
plus size fashion, I have to also talk about men. The big and tall, they're still five, six years behind the plus size women's fashion. I used to go to an event in New York, Full Figured Fashion Week, and the men sat on a panel and talked about when they go to events, plus size fashion events, they don't want to all show up wearing the same outfit from mm-hmm. JCPenney's or other places. They want more options. Yeah. Yeah. And so you also think about your plus size teens that don't have a lot of options as well, unless they want to look like an older guy, which they don't, they want to look trendy for their peers as well. Right. Yeah. I guess, you know, I don't even think of men that often when we're talking about this, because, you know, we just have this in our head that, oh, men have it so easy with getting dressed and, you know, we don't really think about men and their struggles with their body image and their fashion as well. That's great that you bring attention to that as well. So I grew up in the nineties and I think that that era, and I think a lot of people would agree with this really did a number on us as far as loving our bodies. Right. I mean, low rise jeans. I feel like that's enough to send (laughs) anybody into a spiral, not to mention the body type that was trendy back in the nineties was, you know, stick skinny, like as skinny as possible. How do you think that this topic of body positivity is progressing? It seems like it's being talked about by more women and people are being more vulnerable and honest with their bodies now. But in your opinion, do you think that we're actually turning a corner or do you think it's just kind of like a trendy thing right now? I believe that we in the last four or five years have turned a corner that people, the audience, they want to see people real. And I hate the word real because it's just real has a connotation when, when people say, oh, woman with real curves. Well, that doesn't, that's not being body positive because you don't have to have curves to be body positive. A size four may not have curves. Right. That doesn't mean that they're not a real woman. Right. And so I do believe we're starting to see in the media people that look like us. I, I think that the fashion industry still has a long way to go in terms of people who have disabilities. You mm-hmm. don't see models and wheelchairs or um, other disabilities in the fashion ads, mm-hmm. but yet they exist to their consumer. Right, right. Definitely. I, I feel like a lot of, you know, the general media is still like very slim white women who kind of all have a similar body type, you know, and it, it is changing slowly and we're starting to see more diversity within the media. But I feel like for the most part, it's taking a really long time to kind of yeah. flip and turn that corner. And I know there's a model, I know she's, I don't believe she's plus size, but there's a model who has Down syndrome and she made a lot of headlines a couple of years ago because she was in some fashion shows in London and other places. And I, I say more power to her for showcasing that someone with downs, if they want to be a model, they can be a model and showcase fashion. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that hundred percent. So most of my listeners are moms and as we know, our bodies change a lot once we have babies and it's easy to not always love ourselves or find that confidence. You know, I mentioned for myself, I found a little bit more body confidence after having a child. I think I just realized, you know, okay, well, my body grew this human. And so, you know, I'm going to embrace this a little bit, but it's not always easy. And there's still a lot of days that I struggle. 
And I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this have a lot of days where they struggle with their bodies too. So how can we kind of feel empowered in our bodies when we aren't feeling our best? And what are some tips that you can offer someone listening who is really having a hard time loving their body? I would have to go back and say something that really empowered me was when I saw, and I wish I'd done this earlier with my son. I didn't. And looking back, yes, I do have some regrets about it. It was a post that talked about a lot of times moms don't take pictures with their kids. Mm -hmm. They take the pictures of the kids or take the picture with the dad, the uncle, family member. And down the road, when I, if down the road, when I pass, there won't be a lot of pictures of me with my son. Looking back, I wish I could have embraced more of that and said, I don't care what I look like. This is important memories that I'm creating. And so my advice to the women is, even if you don't feel great and you're out camping, out on a vacation at the coast or wherever, take the picture with your kid. Don't worry about what others think about it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that advice. I feel like that's a hard thing to remember to do for sure, especially if we're in a season where we're feeling down on ourselves. And so that's just such a good reminder. And also, you know, it's a good reminder for our children that you don't have to look perfect to be in a photo. And when our children grow up and they wonder like, why weren't you in any of these pictures? And then they think about all the times that, you know, they heard you talking about how much you didn't like your body and how that impacts our children. And, you know, it's really something so small that feels so huge that we can do that can make a huge difference. Yeah. And I think when you brought up an interesting point, when children hear adults and others talking about their bodies in a negative sense, that does impact them. We were Mm -hmm. camping about five, six years ago and I went to the park and was watching my kid on the, on the play gym stuff. And there were, and I was sitting on one of the swings and there were two girls next to me. They were probably 10 and 11. And it was really sad because they were talking and they honestly were, I didn't consider them overweight. They were talking about how they get bullied because they have, uh, they don't have a thigh gap, uh, Mm -hmm. gap. And I'm thinking they're 10 and 11 and they're talking about that their thighs touch, touch them. That was sad that, you know, that also leads to eating disorders for teens, which is huge and adults. Yeah, definitely. That's something that I've tried really hard with my daughter so far to be very, very conscious about, because like I said, I've struggled with body image my whole life. And so, you know, there is a lot of times where before my daughter was here, I would say, oh, I look so fat today, or, oh, I look so ugly, or I I can't wear this. This looks horrible on me. And trying to consciously be careful about talking that way in front of my daughter has, has been really hard, but I think it's helped with my confidence a lot because then I'm not at least outwardly berating myself every time I look in the mirror. And I think that's caused a little bit of a shift within me and my confidence. I noticed actually this morning, I was running around trying to get ready for my day, get my daughter off to preschool. And I like mentioned something kind of to myself, but kind of to her, I said something about like, oh, I'm just having such a bad hair day. And she said, oh, I'm having a bad hair day too. And I was like, oh no, like, (laughs) no, you're not honey. And it was like this reminder of, 
like the things that I'm saying are things that she's going to start adopting for herself. And it's a lot of pressure. It is. And especially the last two years with COVID, because now we don't have masks and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can wear lip gloss now. Yeah. <laughs> you I know. know. Seeing people's faces is like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for joining and, and talking about this and you know, being so vulnerable and talking about what you do and how many people you're helping. I think it is such an incredible thing, like I said, and so empowering. And I'm just so glad that you came on the show today to share what you're doing. Before I let you go, I have to invite you to my favorite segment of the show, which is our hot mess moment. And so this is your chance to open up about a time that you have been a total hot mess. <laughs> you, you mean a time or time? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. I, I mean, I still occasionally have been a hot mess because I've been known to leave the house and my shirt is inside out. <laughs> and no one says anything to me you know I go on my nice. errands to the grocery store come home and then my husband says you know your shirt is inside out yeah why and, did no one tell me <laughs> yeah there was another time years ago at our fashion show in Beaverton and I had done my makeup in the morning and one of my um vendors who's a Mary Kay rep said well why do you have purple eyebrow liner on your brows <laughs> Oh no! I I literally gone all day and nobody mentioned it to me. Oh my goodness! Then the one brave person says something, and it makes you wonder why did no one else say anything all day? (laughs) Oh my gosh! Yeah, I feel like we have all been there. Maybe not the purple eyebrows, but it's something very similar. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Thank you for sharing that. That's so funny. All right. So before we let you go, I would love for you to tell everybody where they can find you, how they can support your business. If if you're looking for more models for your fashion shows, let's hear how we can hang out with you more. Absolutely. Right now we're recruiting um, sellers who have clothes in their closet that they're not wearing to make some extra spring cash. They can make 60% to 85% if they can sign with us with our spring event. And then again, it's uh, clothing sizes, 14 extra large and up, shoes, purses, jewelry, um, body care products. We all have body care products that may, maybe we received at Christmas time and hate the scent yes. and don't know what to do with it. And then um, the other way is to come to our event April 28th through May 1st in Hillsboro. All of our information is either on our website, um, www.kurishicloset.com, and we have a, a very active social media, Kurishi Closet, North America's largest plus size on Facebook, and we're also on Instagram, Kurishi Closet PDX, and we are selling tickets for our fashion show, which is April 30th at 7 p.m. at our venue. Tickets are only $12. I try to keep the ticket price low because I want our show to be inclusive of the community. And it's a great way to bring, if you have a daughter, son, bring them to see the fashion show. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. So everybody make sure you go give Curvy Chic Closet a follow follow along with these events, follow along with the fashion shows. And until next time, you've got this mamas, stay bossy. 
Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure you follow us on social at Boss Ladies and Babies. Join the conversation in our private Facebook group and check out everything we have to offer like community, coaching, merch, and more at bossladiesandbabies.com. And until next time, stay bossy.